Yeah. Hey, I'm Bud Rand. I'm the pastor of Integrity Church uh, here in Burlington, North Carolina. We've been here for 27 years, and I'm here with my good friend Kevin Jordan, who also is a part of Integrity Church and was there in the beginning with me. And <laughs> today we're starting something new all over new. again. New Another all new over thing. Again. Yep. Another, Another new thing. thing. Yeah. yeah this it, is a, it, we're starting the 12-2 podcast. Yeah. Based off of Romans 12, verse two, and we'll look at that in just a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. you were going to lunch. We were at lunch one day, and we kind of, kind of solidified this we kind of teased it for a little right. while yeah. right and then we kind of solidified it that day at lunch and right you kind of like the the 12 2 thing the 12 2 yeah I, yeah I, I like that so tell everybody what it is that you're <laughs> okay. thinking about with that right well the purpose what we're doing is we're hoping to do a podcast to give basically believers especially in the church another tool i was thinking about it the uh thinking about it today uh, you know when i was a kid and you went to church you know, you had Sunday morning, Sunday night. You usually went out with somebody either Sunday night from the church or, or for lunch on Sunday. You had Wednesday night. There was uh, there was Sunday school. So if you think about it, the average Christian, the average committed believer was in church, I don't know, five or six hours a week. Yeah. Today, yeah. you know, just the way that the culture has changed, just the way society has changed, just the way families have changed. Um you're lucky if you're in church more than a yeah, couple hours. That's really true. <laughs> and so with that, what I think that we've seen is a lack of um, biblical knowledge being passed to the yeah. average believer. Yeah. And yeah. so we just want to just offer another tool in the tool bag for people to get some of that knowledge. I know that there are a lot of podcasts out there. There are a lot of people who are doing a great and wonderful job, but we just want to add, add our voice yeah. To, to that. So we're going to, this podcast is basically, you know, talking about contemporary issues in light of the church and the believer and how that all works together. Um, again, it was based off of Romans 12, 1 and 2. And because I grew up reading the KJV, I got to read it out of the ESV because oh. that's the one I like now. <laughs> well, the KJV was a lot easier to memorize, right? Right. That, right. That's because how I memorized everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I uh-huh. memorize everything out of the KJV. Me but, too, man. But yeah. anyway, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 basically says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2 is what we're basing this podcast off of. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If you notice in that in that first verse, you know he says therefore. So basically, Paul has spent the first twelve or first eleven chapters of Romans mm-hmm. explaining what it means to be a believer. Yeah, he starts off in Romans one talking about hey, the world doesn't have the answer because the world's nuts yeah even, even back then right right it was yeah. nutty back then well if you think about it the early church the church is born into a culture and a society that is terribly perverse yeah um is pornographic in yeah. in every aspect yeah i mean for entertainment they're watching people kill each other and Good eventually point. and eventually yeah. they'll take christians and put them in the coliseum and watch animals you mm. know so mm. so you have this so you have this culture that would 
that when you think about our culture, man, it's never been this bad before, but yes, it has. Yes, it has. And the world, yeah. and that's what the church is born into. Mm-hmm. And you see, as the church matures, and as people begin to live their lives according to the scripture, according to Bi- the Bible, we see that it has a, an effect on the culture. And before long, you know, within 300, 350 years, we see that Rome adopts Christianity. Yeah. And the church has a tremendous impact on the culture going yeah. forward yeah. and you know with western civilization because of it and now we're in a process where the church and the culture are begin are have divided mm-hmm. and split and the church can't go chasing after the culture the church has to be has to stand for biblical truth so if you go back to that verse again he you know he's he's talked about hey the world doesn't have the answers even god giving us a set of rules doesn't we don't end up with a, yeah. an answer with that, right. and so then you see in, in chapter three moving forward, he's saying our only hope is faith in Christ mm-hmm. and the and His sacrifice. So therefore, if we've accepted Christ, therefore if we have been adopted into God's family, what how are we to live? Mm-hmm. And he talks about we're to live as a living sacrifice. So do you think, Kevin, that? We talk a lot about the difference between salvation and lordship, right? Salvation's kind of like, you know, I'm accepting Christ as my Savior and making that commitment, getting my, you know, fire insurance policy, right, right as we kind of yeah. say sometimes. But lordship is when we really allow him to take control. We live under his direction. Right. Is that, is that sort of the transition well, you're I, talking about that happens from the first 11 into 12? Does, he, does Paul get more serious about that lordship thing? With that living well, sacrifice think, thing, I mean, regardless, I, I don't necessarily, you know, the lordship thing. I, you know, Christ is Lord, regardless of whether I accept it or not. I think he's getting what he's getting into. Okay, justification has occurred, and of mm-hmm. course, that's a legal term, right? And yeah. now we're going to move into sanctification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you know, the sanctification of an of a believer is the assurance we have about the justification. Yeah, you know, right? If, yeah. if you're sure. not moving forward, if you're if 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 you're not well again well if you're on trial and you get acquitted and you go back to jail right 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 that's the opposite <laughs> right, of exactly. what the acquittal's supposed to do right and so at the point of justification we end up with a new nature yeah and so we're supposed to as we go forward learn how to live in that and that's where verse 2 and the, hopefully the purpose of this podcast comes into yeah. because it's saying do not be conformed to the world mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the world you know and, and and Paul I don't think is talking about a superficial conformity in other words he's not talking about necessarily because short hair's in therefore as Christians we should all wear long hair or because yeah. buttons are modern we shouldn't use buttons yeah. it's it's not that type of superficial conform, uh, non Nonconformity. We're talking about a nonconformity. For example, you know, love is love. Yeah. As believers, mm-hmm. if you hold to a biblical worldview, you cannot agree with that statement. You know, you have to. You're not going to conform to that. Yeah. You're not going to conform to the idea that a man can become a woman mm-hmm. or a woman a man, or that yeah. it's even right. Yeah, for that to occur, right. you will not be able to conform to the idea that marriage can be anything but a man and a woman. Yeah, and so that's the type of nonconformity we're talking about. And then you see that it says, "Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed." That's that idea of sanctification. We're we're going from a sinner, yeah, someone who is controlled, enslaved by sin, to a saint, 
someone who has the spirit, the actual spirit, the Holy Spirit living within us. Yeah. And you see, as you go through uh, the epistles, you see that Paul's saying, hey, you used to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not how, that's not who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. You now have the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, you know we and you see a great contrast to that in you know Galatians and Ephesians right. and yeah, that. Yeah. And, and we still have the sin nature, right? Of course, even yeah. in the sainthood, I guess you right. could you know we say the sin right. nature is still there at war, right. right? With that new nature that we have, the carnality, etc. Uh, and so, in many ways, I think what happens is many folks who either genuinely receive Christ or maybe they don't, maybe they just think they do, right? It's, right. it's kind of that false sense of security. A lot of times, they they voluntarily go back to prison anyway because they refuse to move forward into the transformation that you're talking about. It kind of leads into that sanctification, right? Correct. Justification, sanctification. Is that kind of yeah, where we're yeah, at? Yeah, That's exa- a exactly. That kind of describes it. Yeah, I mean, Luther was had a great thing. He said, you know, both the sinner and the saint. Uh, in fact, it's tattooed on this part of my arm. But. Okay. <laughs> but one day, one day would, the ink from your tats are going to go to your brain. It's so, just going to, yeah, right. you know, what is going to happen then? Yeah. I don't know, right? But, but he is talking about that I am a saint, yeah. By position, yeah. but I still have that nature within me that I have to battle yeah. on a daily basis. And Paul mm-hmm. even talks about that when he says, "Hey, the good that I would do, I don't do." Yeah. And, and then he talks about it later. You know, he says that the spirit is at war with the flesh, and that the flesh keeps me from doing what I desire to do. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's where that next part of that verse comes in by the renewal of the mind. We see that nonconformity and transformation occur by a renewal of the mind, and that is bottom line. Yeah. That is and I hate to use this word, but that's education. That is learning yeah. what the word of God says, yeah. what God has laid out for us and how we are to live. And it, you get that from preaching and teaching. And reading God's word and studying, yeah, and, and, and obviously living too, right? right? So it's just the that application right. part. So it's funny when when Paul says, you know, talking about your body, the the word, the, the original language, the word soma has to do with not only just your what you can pinch, right? Right. But the entirety of you, the body, soul, spirit, everything about you, and some of the movements of that day were we're trying to kind of separate the body from the spirit, right? right. We think about the, was it the Gnostics the maybe Gnostics, that we're trying yeah. to say, hey, if anything's associated with, you know, anything physical, because it's not spiritual, is evil anyway. So go ahead and gratify that those desires that you have physically, whether it be, you know, what you take in your body, what you do sexually, all that stuff, right? Correct. And, and, and I think maybe Paul maybe through a back door, maybe he was trying to do this. I think he was trying to bring those things kind of back into unity as God intended in creation, right? Oh, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. I mean, so it's another kind of side thing that his writings were doing, and, and we see it in this particular verse, I think. And the other thing is, while he's talking about the whole body, the transformation, as you said, the interesting thing of all of me, the key to everything, my body, my soul, my spirit, everything, is still the... The mind. The mind. It brings it all together. And we are so afraid. I don't know why we've become afraid of this idea that it's okay to learn. It's yeah. okay to study. And in fact, it's okay to preach instructive messages about what the Bible says because the world does it. 
the world puts all its stock in education. Hmm. You see that mm-hmm. they have been able to change yeah, okay. a yeah. generation yeah. the way they think yeah. just through what they teach them, what they tell them, what yeah. they're exposed to, the education system. Mm-hmm. And we see that there's been a tremendous change in the way people think. And and what people think is okay. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Through and, even when you even when you say we're not going to teach morality, you are teaching morality. morality. <laughs> Whether you're a view of it, right, right, right. It comes down to this, and we just have to realize this: theology matters. Yeah. Why? Because theology determines how we live our lives. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. the theology is. It has a direct impact mm-hmm. on how. We live our lives, how we treat our neighbor, what we think is important, what we mm-hmm. say, what we do. It all comes down to what we believe. What we believe. Right. Even the atheist has a theology. I, I totally agree. I mean, I totally they have agree. a theology. And, and it's very interesting. They have to use the word theist right. to describe what they are. Their theology is there is no God. Right. And they li- and they say they live according to that. They, <laughs> I don't well, know if they, they like to borrow the morality of Christianity mm-hmm. a lot of times because, because because it's beneficial, right? Because they don't want anybody stealing their property, right? There they don't go. want anybody taking their life. That's a great point, yeah. you know. But if you truly buy into the theology of there is no God, then the where you where you end up is nihilism. And the word theology in itself. It, the root of it just leads to God, right? And so the, the atheists basically, while they might say there is no God, they see themselves as God. As yeah, the moral much. authority. Yeah, the moral authority, the right. one who who this is where everything originates. The sun, you know, I, right. I am the sun that, that that everything you know revolves around. Right. Right. I am the star of my own movie, and everybody else is just supporting yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah, cliches can go on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. This right. Yeah, so. there, there are a lot that fit. There really <laughs> right. are. Yeah. So I think what is important though is because theology matters, people in the church need to know what the theology is. It is. And yeah. I think, and I think a lot of people. Uh, and, and I may be generalizing, but there are a lot of believers or a lot of people who are involved in church, and because they don't have a firm grasp on their theology, mm-hmm. when these things come at them, like yeah. you know, same-sex marriage, or is homosexuality a feeling, or is it an orientation, or, mm-hmm. or transgenderism, or who do I even vote for in the next election, or mm-hmm. any myriad of political things, mm-hmm. they have no idea where to stand yeah. because they yeah. have no idea where th- what their theology – they have this idea of what their theology is, but they don't have a good grasp, a good idea of what that theology is. And I yeah. think – and again, that's the purpose, we hope, of this podcast is to help people as they do their th- theological journey yeah. and to give them what does the Bible say about certain things and, yeah. you know, so that – it, it, it's what occurred to me a few minutes ago. Sometimes, you know, as I'm, you know, as I'm, I need to weigh every once in a while. In the morning, my routine is I work out, you know, and I don't weigh myself every morning, right? And right. sometimes, if I feel like, I feel like I've been gaining some weight or whatever. Do you think I'm going to that scale, man? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> so, so I'm not. So I'm, I'm, I'm. It's kind of like with the theology thing. The standard is there in 
the theology that God puts forth in His Word, right? Correct. But I mean, you ignore it, right? I'm I'm ignoring the fact that that standard for me is on that scale or right. in that scale that's going to tell me how I'm doing. And invariably, when I finally say, "Oh, doggone it! I got to go do it. I just got to go do it." I go and I, you know, a lot of times I found like hey, I, I've I've held or I've gained a pound or whatever, but but still not knowing. There's that not knowing is a kind of a helpless state. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. you know, right? But but I don't know if we're not familiar with the theology, we may not even know enough to even feel helpless by I, not knowing it. Right. I think that's that might be the case a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> well, you know, I think that um, you and I have both, you know, kind of evolved. You know, we, we've we've grown and we've seen things and we're going to talk about culture a lot right the intersection Correct. of yeah. culture and you kind of referred to that already um and some of the things that you you kind of teased out there and <laughs> and made you know uh made 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 us aware of what do you see as you know what are some of the the what are some of the real obstacles that we see so we talk about theology right right we you got to read the word right uh so if you don't read the word you don't absorb the word you don't Try to study the word. Uh, you're not going to really have a good feel for theology, right? What do you think goes on in the minds of people? Talk about priorities for a minute, if you don't mind. I know we haven't we haven't talked about this, but let's. I'm going to put you on <laughs> yeah, the spot. Okay. What What is it? Because we can easily say, "Well, people are just not reading the Bible." Well, then then you got to ask the question. Well, why is that? Right? And you, there's so many whys until you get back to the root cause. Well, I think. I mean, part of it is. First of all, I don't think that they've ever been explained, or a lot of times they haven't explained why it is important. Okay. Okay? That, you know, you come— The church is not explaining— The church is not explaining it. There. Yeah. I'm going to— Go there, well, man. Go there! <laughs> uh, there's a, a guy on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. Protestia, and he— post things and and I saw a post this morning there's a large church mega church I I assume it's out in um the Kansas City area yeah and yeah. their theme for this week yeah of course is this huge super bowl Oh, right, blowout. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the pastor is doing 30 second sermons or something to that effect based on <laughs> commercials and that type of thing. Yeah. And so, and they're having free hot dogs and they're having, you know, all this stuff and it's this huge, entertaining uh, deal. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. We would call that a bridge event, right? A bridge event. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of. So, yeah. But what I'm doing is I'm looking at that and I'm going, Where's the meat to that? Uh-huh. Where other than the hot dog, right? Other than yeah. the hot dog, hot yeah. Dog. And, that question, even, and that could be questionable. And that could be questionable, right? Either. I don't yeah. know if they're serving all beef or not. <laughs> but but I'm looking at I'm looking at that, and and, and we've gotten it seems like in the evangelical church uh-huh. this idea that we have to be bigger, we have to be better, we have to be more entertaining, yeah, than what Netflix can offer, what the world can offer, and, yeah. and we can never beat beat that. But but I also think that it has created within us this idea that it is more important that we make people feel good mm-hmm. about themselves, make mm-hmm. people excited about coming to church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than just preaching the truth. I find it interesting that yeah. you know you see you see in history that. Um, 
I think of the Great Awakening. Um, the Great Awakening was caused by John, Jonathan Edwards preaching a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, God yeah. which is not your most feel-good message. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think but what much. it did was it got right to the core of where we were, where yeah. you were at, Yeah, you yeah. know, as, yeah. as, a, as a human being. Right. right. We are sinners in the hand of an angry Angry god God. and it is just through his grace and mercy that he does not plunge us into hell at any at any time and we have gotten to the point now that is more important i think and this is the church i'm generalizing the the evangelical church as a whole type deal that we preach a message that makes you feel good Mm -hmm. um that is um your best life now type idea because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. can fill an arena with that mm-hmm. and we can fill a pastor's pocket with a lot of money with mm-hmm. that type of message mm-hmm. yeah but a message that tells somebody that hey if you're looking at pornography you're committing adultery yeah right fornication that, adultery that, yeah all that, that tells yeah, that sure. tells everybody that yeah. if yeah. if you're if you have hate in your heart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're committing murder murder yeah you know yeah. that that those are hard things in fact I, I know this Sunday or this past Sunday you preached on sin and we need more of that yeah and I think we also need that clarion call that hey if you're a believer if you're someone who claims to be a follower of Christ mm-hmm. you need to start walking in yeah. the word, you need to start yeah. studying the word. Yeah, um, I was talking to Chris earlier, uh, who's the worship pastor here, right? And you know, we were talking about everybody's out there searching for a word from God, yeah, 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 right. And sure. he's, he's given us his word, the word's there, right? The word's there, <laughs> yeah. And before you go looking for a word somewhere else from God, yeah. Yeah. you know, in a whatever, maybe you need to pull out the Bible and go through that first. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and I but, think it takes, for, but it takes work and it takes time to read it, Kevin. I understand. Isn't it so much easier for me to look for something that I can just pull out of the air? Well, yeah, the Oprahfication of, <laughs> of Christianity has not led us to a very good That's place. That's true. Very um, true. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to say, it, a lot of it has to do with discipline, just yeah. everyday discipline in yeah. our lives. And, you know, that idea of opening the Bible and learning and then and then I, i'm just gonna be honest some people just don't even have an idea where to start yeah some people true. don't know what to how true. to do it and so that's where i think that the church really needs to come alongside of believers mm-hmm. um and and we just need to get more serious about the preaching of theology right. <laughs> from the pulpit yeah. preaching of the god's word from the pulpit and um and and some people would say that that the only way to do that is through well, expositional or expository, right? But theology is all through Scripture. Correct. I mean, it's the beautiful thing about theology is that it is systematic, right? Correct. And so we go to different parts of Scripture because of the unity of Scripture, right? And we find examples of the themes of theology all through the Word. And to me, I love I love expository. I love it. Right. I know you, I know you do too. But at the same time, kind of thematic. Type we can of you can teaching yeah. too is is the both of those things there's no one right answer correct right? both of those approaches bring us to what you're talking about correct now one thing I want to just you clarify real quickly but we're listening out there right we mentioned <laughs> the 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 sinners in the hands of the angry God right God 
God's nature, while there is anger there, there's much more to God's nature than anger. There's righteousness. Right. There's love. The Ho- holiness. Holiness, right. right. And I think what we need to be careful of is the fact that, um, you know, so many times we want to, we want a God who is a God of love mm-hmm. and to devote and to divorce him from his righteousness, his mm-hmm. holiness, mm-hmm. his judgment. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, love, man, that's that's a feel-good, that's a feel-good uh, emotion. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, you want to say, positive about that. Mm-hmm. But um, God divorced from his righteousness, his justice, his holiness – you, you miss the you, you miss, miss the message on love, right? You miss love when yeah. you do that because like, so you and I both are fathers of three kids, right? Right? Um, could it be possible that some of the times that we have been the angriest uh, is because of things that our kids have done? Is oh, that possible? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, and right. and it's not necessarily things that they've done; things that they've done that could cause them harm. Right, exactly. Could Great ruin point. their lives. Great point. Could destroy any dreams that they have. Right. I know when I think back over it, some of the times that I, I would have been the most angry mm-hmm. would be watching the possibility of that happening. Of a self-destruction, uh, right. a self-destructive moment right. or yeah, moving toward that. And so, but our love, our love never changed no. for them, right? No, In many it. ways, it probably intensified at least the expression of it because we recognized, I think, in our cases as fathers, perhaps, what life would be like for us and especially the kids, but for the entire family if that child would continue down that path of self-destruction, Correct. right? Yeah. So yeah. there's an intensity of the love, even in the anger and the the, the discipline, right, right, that would come from us as authority figures, right? right, just as it is with God the Father. Right. There's also the other aspect with God in the fact that He is holy and He cannot be in the sing, He cannot be in the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have a, the human race. Of course, from Adam yeah. is now a race that is condemned with sin. Yeah, and so through His love, He provides a way of escape mm-hmm. that we can once again be called saints. Which gets us back to what does it mean to be a saint? Yeah, what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Yeah, and that brings us all the way back to we've got to get in the Word. Yeah. We've got to study the renewal yeah. of the mind transforms us from sinner. Yeah. To saint, it's that sanctification process mm-hmm. that we're going to struggle with. That we're going to be part. That's going to be part of our lives mm-hmm. until the day that we are glorified right. in heaven. Yeah. So that just kind of brings us all the way back. Yeah, back to, to start the, with the justification, to, to right? right? Sanctification, glorification. But so, brings yeah. us back to you know, it's going to take the renewing of the mind. So, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about right. on this podcast. It's, it's how it's it's how the mind is renewed because that's right. always the key. We're right. not going to give an exercise program. We're not going to give a diet no. or anything like that. You know, no. not at least maybe a well, intellectual maybe or a, you know <laughs> things to put in your mind. Right. But 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 that's where that's where it all comes back to as well. It's it's what we think about. It's what the mind is. So would you agree that? Um, I like to say that that followers of Jesus, we've got to learn how to play the long game. In other words, we've got to see how God views our lives, and I think I believe that God views our lives all the way 
into eternity, which is forever, right? right? But until we adopt that same way of looking at our lives and playing the long game and recognizing that what we're doing on earth, right, what we're in this life, we're living for whatever God has for us in eternity. And and that makes a difference in the way we live our lives today, right? Yeah. But, but, but so many followers of Jesus is kind of like, oh, my goodness, yeah, I'm going to die at 70, I'm going to die at 80 or 90. And we, we live almost as if that is the end. And, and I think when we do that, it, we, we miss, I think, the biggest part of what God wants us to see as we live in eternity with Him. Because there is an economy in paradise. There's an economy that God has in this life, in this world, right? There is an economy that God has in eternity, a way of doing things, right? right? Uh, things that ha- we don't know what it's completely what it's like. We get a good idea, but not a complete idea. No. So we miss the long game. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say a lot of times because we don't live with eternity in mind, yeah. you know, we're, we're living... In, in what? Eternity in what did you say? In, in mind. Mind. Say <laughs> so we get back to the renewal of the mind. <laughs> to the thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, and that's where, where Christ talks about laying up treasures in heaven versus treasures here on earth. Yeah. Um, you know, that that idea, or yeah. that's the way that we are to live. Yeah. But you can only discover that through the study of his word. Yeah, so. that's so true. <laughs> and when, and sometime we're going to talk about this whole th- issue of how to, how do you balance the the cognition that goes in the or the, that the mind you know through the mind our thinking right right with emotions because we are really good at mixing up emotions and thoughts and Correct. we typically the average follower of Jesus does not know the difference they don't know the difference between an emotion that they're feeling and a thought that they're thinking Correct. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I mean, it's that statement of facts don't care about your feelings. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, and feelings are one of those things that Satan uses because we all want to feel a certain way. Yeah, exactly. You know, and... They're all temporary. And they're all temporary, right? (sighs) Yeah. They never change. Hmm. Well... Thanks for being willing to do this. I mean, oh, I'm excited to see where it goes we'll and what happens goes. to it. Is, and, is uh, it possible that after a couple of episodes we'll get canceled by the network or anything like that? <laughs> or who would cancel us? I, in I don't this know day if it cancel you know? it, right? <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's a badge of honor to be canceled uh, from stuff like this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're, you know, <laughs> nobody's. I don't think Spotify is knocking down our door to give us a multi-million dollar contract. So I think uh, we're okay. Yeah, I think yeah. we're okay in what we're saying. Right? So, exactly. Anyway, no, I get but, you. Uh, I think you're yeah. Great. Yeah. Again, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, we're excited to see where this goes, and we're excited to see. I'm going to be honest. Uh, see what God has yeah. in store for integrity, yeah. and for yeah. uh, believers yeah. Yeah. in the body of Christ. And, and we're designing this so that our our integrity friends can you know, be benefit from this, but also share it with other people, right? Please. Who, yeah, we want you. Please, yeah. I mean, we we're just we're just two guys. That's we're just two guys. <laughs> believe me, we were just two guys, and yeah. but we're 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 kind of just sharing from our hearts about and in our minds right right, right. in our yeah. minds yeah about what God's saying and what he wants for us so so thanks for joining us today and um, we'll be seeing you again really soon real soon yeah okay thanks